ciphers, murders, and suspects galore. This is an ultimate whodunit. This is the Zodiac Mystery. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Shit Detectives. As it's Christmas this week, we want to wish you a very happy holidays, whichever ones you observe. As this time of year is usually a time for family, we decided to make this week's episode a rather special one. It's special because its official status is unsolved. So get out your notebooks and maybe your detective hats and listen close as we cover the Zodiac Killer. Trigger warnings, murder, confusing as heck ciphers that may scramble brains, taunting letters and phone calls. Now let's set the scene. The Zodiac Killer was a pseudonym used by an unidentified serial killer who operated in Northern California in the late 1960s. It's captured the minds and the imaginations of many, and with the amount of mystery surrounding this case, is there any wonder as to why? Just searches through the internet, there are hundreds of theories, ranging from there being multiple murderers and the Zodiac Killer being a hoax. A fictional monster, so to speak, to wreak terror on the citizens residing in Bay Area. Another theory is that the police encountered the killer, as it's claimed that despite the theory at the time being that the Zodiac was Caucasian, when police patrolling the area near the location where one of the victims was brutally slayed, the description given over the radio was said to be for the patrolling officers to keep an eye out for a coloured man. Apparently, two officers happened to see a man walking away from the crime scene. But, because he didn't fit the reported description, they didn't stop him. There are even theories that the Zodiac Killer's crimes are linked to the Manson family. The theories continue to roll in, almost 55 years later. This is undeniably one of the most curious and captivating true crime cases. So let us delve in and discuss the crimes. The Zodiac Killer, as he self-proclaimed himself to be known as, has been directly linked to at least five murders in Northern California in 1968 and 1969, with two other victims surviving despite serious injuries. It is believed he may have been responsible for more killings, and in his letters, he did claim to have killed as many as 37 people. The first confirmed incident linked to the Zodiac Killer took place on the night of December 20th, 1968. 17-year-old David Faraday and his 16-year-old girlfriend Betty Lou Jensen were at a remote spot on Lake Herman Road on the outskirts of Vallejo, California. It was near their car that the couple were found shot to death. Over to you, Turtle. The police were baffled, left unable to determine the motive for the crime or a suspect. The next attack would occur in the early morning of July 5th, 1969. Darlene Ferron, aged 22, and her boyfriend Mike Maggio, aged 19, were in a similarly remote Vigello location. They were sitting in a parked car when they were approached by a man with a flashlight. The figure fired multiple shots at the couple, killing Ferran and leaving Maggio seriously wounded. It was within an hour of the incident, a man called the Vigello Police Department during this phone call. 
the mysterious band gave them the location of the crime scene and claimed full responsibility for both that attack and the 1968 murders of Faraday and Jensen. The next part is going to be covered by Hex Echo. On the evening of September 27, 1969, the Zodiac Killer would strike again. A young couple, Cecilia Shepard and Brian Hartnell, were relaxing on an isolated part of the shore of Lake Berryessa in Napier County. He was wearing a hood and a shirt with a circle cross symbol when he tied them up before brutally stabbing them. He scrawled a message for police on their car door and left the scene. Later, he called the Napa Police Department to claim responsibility for the heinous crime. Shepard and Hartnell were both found in critical condition, but alive. However, Shepard would later die of her wounds. It would be two weeks later, on October 11, 1969, that the Zodiac Killer would claim yet another life by shooting 29-year-old taxi driver Paul Stein. It was in a San Francisco neighborhood, which didn't fit the Zodiac's pattern. This led to the police originally deeming it a robbery until the San Francisco Chronicle received a letter claiming responsibility for the crime. There are other murders that have been tentatively linked to the Zodiac Killer, which include the 1963 shooting of Robert Domingos and Linda Edwards near Santa Barbara, California and the 1966 stabbing and killing of college student Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside, California. Now on to the letters. Between 1966 and 1974, the Zodiac Killer provided more than 20 written communications to police officers. Some of these letters contain ciphers that, even to this day, have not been deciphered. There were four ciphers in total, and out of them only two have been cracked, with the second cipher being confirmed as having been deciphered in 2020. His letters were generally written in two parts, with the first part being written in plain text, and the other would be a cipher text, in which he claimed contained his identity. In the plain text part, he threatened newspapers to publish his letters, or else he would murder murder more innocent people. So I just want to put an insert in here that there is a firm belief within criminologies criminologies? My goodness. There is a firm belief within criminologist society that when killers do this it's to draw attention to what they've done. Oftentimes they'll either believe themselves to be smarter than the police or to be untouchable. Often it's the case that Um, It is often the case that this leads to their capture. It's possible that they also do this as a publicity stunt to gain infamy and toy with their potential victims and society around it. Essentially, nine times out of ten, it's a power move. That's why it's believed that that he did this as his goal was to use media to instill fear in the Bay Area citizens, and he certainly succeeded. Thank you, Turtle. In other segments of his letters, he listed the names of his next victims, which would wreak havoc amongst the Bay Area. One was a three-part coded message that was sent to three different press companies. They made a 408 symbol cipher 
Another famous cipher letter contains a 340 character cipher and he sent another message to the police which stated that if they were able to solve this cipher they would quote they will have me end quote. To truly understand the meaning behind this we must discuss to truly understand the meaning behind this, we must discuss how the message was deciphered. Over to you, Turtle. It was in 1969 that two school teachers, Donald and Betty Harden, were able to crack the cipher known as Z408. It consisted of random symbols corresponding to a plain text message. The Zodiac Killer ciphers had made him appear to be a genius, however it was not very difficult to solve Z408. It was a homo- oh, homophonic. Jeez, that was an almost colossal fuck up. It was a homophonic simple s- substitution cipher, which means to solve it, each cipher text letter corresponded to a plain text letter. In a ho- homophonic substitution cipher, more than one cipher text letter can correspond to a plain text letter, which means that theoretically it may seem tricky. However, historically speaking, this cipher was far easier than any cryptologist would have expected. So this meant that to decipher Z408, Donald and Betty just looked for common patterns and plugged in letters that might fit into the ciphertext. After analysing the text, they began to notice certain symbols appear more frequently than others. An example of this where there were a high number of double symbols in frequency analysis the letter L is the most frequently doubled in English and due to the fact that the message had been sent by a serial killer they figured that the double letter L must have been followed by the letter I to create the word kill. In terms of cytography the word kill served as the crib which means that it was a word that could be plugged into other parts of the message to determine other phrases. Though the message did have a few misspellings, the meaning behind the message was clear. It's like your ultimate wheel of fortune. The message within the cracked code offers a frightening insight into the Zodiac Killer's mind. According to the message, he was attempting to collect slaves for the afterlife, and this provided the police with the reasoning behind his serial killing. But it never mentioned his name. According to the message, he wouldn't give up his identity because it would, quote, slow down or stop his collection of slaves. While the Z408 cipher was solved, the last 18 letters of the plain text were seemingly jumbled text. It's believed by crypt analysts that these letters are filler letters, which are used to make the cipher three equally sized parts. However, Others believe that the letters can be rearranged to form the name of the Zodiac Killer. But these last 18 letters could be rearranged to make 741,015,475,200 transpositions, which makes the anagram almost impossible to decipher. Perhaps the Zodiac Killer was referring to the remaining 18 letters when he stated that the police would have him. Do the last 18 letters actually contain his name? Or was it simply another method employed by the Zodiac Killer to drive everyone insane? The mystery remains. The second cipher was cracked by three men. 
One of those that worked out the encoded message said, The cipher has been unsolved for so long, it had a huge target on its back, and I felt like it was a challenge that had a chance of being solved. As previously mentioned, the second cipher, the 340 cipher, wasn't cracked until 2020. The fully encoded messages says the following quote, I hope you are having lots of fun in trying to catch me. That wasn't me on the TV show, which brings up a point about me. I'm not afraid of the gas chamber because it will send me to paradise all the sooner because I now have enough slaves to work for me where everyone else has nothing when they reach paradise, so they are afraid of death. I am not afraid because I know that my new life will be an easy one in paradise of death. This squares with much of what was already known about the case, and the mention of the TV show and the gas chambers refers directly to a call made to a talk show on KGO TV a month before the cipher was sent. It was during this call that someone claiming to be the Zodiac Killer said, quote, I need help, I'm sick, I don't want to go to the gas chamber. It is also of note that the decoded message also included the same misspelling for the word paradise that was present in other communications alongside the continuing theme of collecting slaves for the afterlife. The FBI did confirm that the cipher had actually been decoded and released a statement saying, quote, the FBI is aware that the cipher attributed, quote, the FBI is aware that a cipher attributed to the Zodiac Killer was recently solved by private citizens. The Zodiac Killer case remains an ongoing investigation for the FBI San Francisco Division and our local law enforcement partners. The Zodiac Killer terrorized multiple communities across Northern California, and even though decades have gone by, we continue to seek justice for the victims of these brutal crimes. Due to the ongoing nature of the investigation and out of respect for the families and their due to the ongoing nature of the investigation and out of respect for the victims and their families, we will not be providing further comment at this time. However, the other two ciphers still remain a mystery. The Zodiac Killer taunted police with the letters to the newspapers and phone calls to the police. Each letter was signed with a symbol resembling the crosshairs of a gun sight and would typically begin with the phrase, This is the Zodiac speaking. Each letter that was received from the Zodiac Killer was more frightening than the last. In one of the 22 letters, 17 of which were sent to the Chronicle, the Zodiac Killer threatened to shoot children riding a school bus. He even started targeting Chronicle staffers in his letter, and the most chilling of them all was a Halloween card that was sent to the Chronicle reporter, Paul Avery, that included the phrase, Peekaboo, you are doomed. So I'm just going to interrupt this case briefly for our quiz. So come on in, shit detectives, and let's see how good you are. This week's question is Angel of Death nurse Beverly Allett, who received 13 life sentences for bringing terror into a children's ward in 1991. She murdered four kids and attempted to murder three more, causing grievous bodily harm to another six children on the ward. Which English county was 
the basis for where these crimes occurred? A. Northumberland B. Lincolnshire or C. North Yorkshire Please do comment your answers in the comment section below or on our other social medias. We, uh, we do look forward to hearing from you. Back to the case. Take it away, Turtle. So, on the eerie note that we left it, Peekaboo, you are doomed. Let's look into the suspects. Since approximately 1968, there have been a number of suspects. It's believed that the case grew to gain international attention and the suspects grew into the thousands. Some of the key suspects were Richard Guy... Oh, Jesus Christ. Richard Gajkowski. He was born in March 1936, where he later served for the army. During the 1950s, he trained as a medic and was knowledgeable about how to tear clothes to staunch bleeding. In the 1960s, he moved to San Francisco and began working for the Daily Commercial News. A year after this, he moved 45 minutes from San Francisco, where he moved to the uh, and where he moved to was less than five miles from the Zodiac's first murders. He was working for the News Gazette at the time. In October 1965, Gajkowski was arrested because he refused to comply with a routine traffic stop. This was an intentional move because it allowed him to do an investigative piece about the conditions in jail. And when he published his article, he did so accompanied with a picture of his mugshot. He was excluded from the inquiries after telling police that he was abroad at the time of the first killing, so it couldn't have been him. Internet sleuths, however, believe that in 2020 his passport information was obtained and they believe that he wasn't abroad like he had claimed. Kathleen Allen was born in December 1933. In 1950, he graduated from Vigello High School, an area where some believed the Zodiac had very close ties. He then spent a few years exploring careers before attending college to obtain his degree in elementary education. In 1957, he enlisted in the Navy, which ties in with the belief that the Zodiac had a military association. In 1958, Arthur had an altercation with an associate of his and was subsequently arrested before the charges were dropped. This could be the cause for the perceived animosity of the Zodiac Killer towards the police. However, after this, Arthur began trying to get his teaching accreditation, spending the summers working as a psychiatric technician. Shortly after, he began working at a school on a military base before he was fired for breaking protocol and carrying a loaded weapon in his car while on school property. The following year, he was injured in what he claims as a motorbike accident that resulted in severe lacerations across his leg. In 1966 to 1968, Alan taught at a different elementary school where he ruined his career as a teacher, having been caught allegedly molesting a student. Sources debate the year, but in this time period is also when he received a Zodiac watch from his mother for Christmas. He was ruled out because of his handwriting sample. Earl Van Bass Jr., whose son accused him in a book he wrote, The Most Dangerous Animal of All. 
Al Van Bass Jr. bears a strong resemblance to the man in the police sketch, which has been composited from eyewitness testimonies and descriptions to be the Zodiac Killer. There was also Louis Myers. In 2014, a man came forward to reveal that a friend named Louis Myers had confessed to being the killer before his death in 2002. Certain events in Mayer's history matched up with those connected to the Zodiac, but just as with Allen and Van Best, there's been no conclusive evidence to prove this. In a 2023 Peacock docuseries called Myth of the Zodiac Killer, it is suggested that the murders were carried out by multiple people. The series director, Andrew Nock, told the New York Post, It's very unusual to have this much information, but if you read all the police files, you see that there's very little linking these crimes together. He continued to say, different weapons, different MO, different victim profile, even eyewitness statements, different locations or a trophy being taken from one but not one of the others. In an investigative book titled How to Find Zodiac, published in 2022, author Jarrett Covey wrote and hypothesized that the killer's identity is Paul Doer. Or Doe. I'm sorry, I'm butchering names. I thought that this was Doer. Doer, I am butchering names this evening. I'm going to put my hands up and say this. I can't seem to speak. This. Guys, I apologize. If you want to correct me in the comments, feel free. I just can't speak today. I can't seem to read either. I'm doing a brilliant job. And the Zodiac had shown an interest through writing in making homemade bombs, particularly those of ammonium nitrate and fertilizer. This, along with having a similar build to the suspected killer, Dewar, also worked as a shipyard located in Vallejo. I, I've forgotten how it's pronounced. I'm sorry, again, to our audience at the time of the murders. Now on to case breakers. It was in October 2021 that a team of 40 former law enforcement investigators called the case breakers claimed they had identified the Zodiac killer. They believed that the killer was a man who had died in 2018 called Gary Francis Post. This claim relied on DNA evidence that was discovered at the scene of at the scene Cherry. of Cherry Cherie Cherie oh for fuck's sake <laughs> at the scene of Cherie Joe Bates murder in 1966 at Riverside City College in California however it must be noted that though this murder was linked to the Zodiac Killer it has never been confirmed the police have also remained adamant that Bates is not a confirmed victim of the Zodiac Killer, which would mean that Post was not made a suspect. The case breakers claim that Post had the same shoe size and a similar forehead scars to the Zodiac Killer, and the letters to the press contain anagrams of his name, though again we must mention that the last 18 letters could be arranged into countless transpositions that would make the anagram almost impossible to decipher with exactly 741,015,475,200 transpositions. A phone number's worth. <laughs> More than a phone number. 
I don't know. I don't do numbers. That's not my forte. I don't get paid to do numbers. <laughs> so, our thoughts and opinions. My theory. I think the reason the Zodiac Killer abruptly went radio silent and his serial killing spree seemed to come to an end is because he had actually died. It is my personal theory that he was a palliative patient that had a limited time left to live. So decided that in some sort of delusional state, he was going to prepare for the afterlife and would, in essence, attempt to create a, no a notoriety that would live on past his death. So my whole idea regarding this is that it is quite possible that he had limited time. Um, he mentioned preparing for the afterlife, preparing for paradise, preparing slaves, that sort of thing. That kind of indicates to me that possibly he was a palliative patient and died shortly after his final killing. But that's just my theory. What about uh, you, Teddy? My my theory is not about that. My theory is that he has religious trauma, which is why he focused on killing for the afterlife. I think he got worried about what was going to happen. Uh, I think that's also why he targeted couples, because he wanted sinners who were also going to go to hell so that they can make it easy for him when he got to hell. Uh, I think that he went abruptly, went radio silent um, and stopped killing because he went to jail for something else. And by the time he came out, he had decided that he's better off an enigma, a mystery, that's never going to be solved. Possibly. So, didn't kill or couldn't kill whichever, stopped writing the letters because there were, at the time he would have been alive. There that's were, possible. there were like three left unsolved. Another thing I think is that it's actually probably quite likely to be solved now because technology has advanced and changed and forensic technology is available and they could easily well I say easily it's not entirely implausible for them to go back through previous evidence and use uh, and examine samples and stuff left behind that they couldn't previously Obviously, the reliability of them goes down a bit, but it's not entirely implausible that there isn't now evidence that they could obtain using current forensic techniques, some of which you only need the smallest cell now. Well, at the same time, it makes you wonder why hasn't it been solved? We have all of this tech. I think that maybe they have done it. They have done these tests. Um, and the results have either come up inconclusive because he 
my theory is wrong and he never got caught. Or they've come up and there's someone who's dead. So they're kind like of sitting a mini crab. This is where, for me, it's a case of I think that he was probably a palliative patient that was in some sort of delusion and preparing for his afterlife. And that's why he just suddenly abruptly stopped, all communication stopped, the murders, the serial killing stopped, and I think the reason that occurred is because he died. You know, he could have been a cancer patient, knew he had limited time. Maybe. Or Maybe he could have gotten a serial killer. Or he could have deteriorated to the point where he couldn't kill anymore and then died. Yeah. Maybe he was a different killer. Maybe he got the chair for something else. Possibly. I mean, my theory just goes off what's written in his letters and in the ciphers that have been decoded. The running theme is literally to do with preparing for death. And based off my knowledge regarding palliative care and stuff, you do get sometimes preparation for death. So... Anyway, I think that's wrap, isn't it? Or is there anything else you'd like to add? That's all from us this week. In fact, this year, next week or next year, is the beginning of Medical Malpractice Month, where we will cover cases like Beverly Allett, Harold Chipman and Lucy Letby. If you have any cases that you would like us to cover, then please do comment them on our socials, and we will cover them as soon as we can. And please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe, because all of the engagement does help us grow as a podcast. Um, So please do like comment and subscribe and join us on our other social medias we are on facebook uh threads instagram tiktok though we've not been too active on tiktok recently that's my fault i do apologize it will be coming back though so we hope to see you there so we look forward to seeing you there and we look forward to seeing you in our medical malpractice month Happy holidays! Bye! Happy holidays! Bye!